0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I have in my hand a brand new book called Wicked Game. It's authored by Rick Gates, who joins me now by Skype. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you. I want to give people some background. We met about a month ago. We had lunch at subsequent time. You gave me Wicked Game. I could not put it down except for Amy Coney Barrett yesterday. This is the first of a two-part interview. This week, I'm going to deal with the campaign of 2016. Next week, I'm going to deal with your involvement with the special counsel. You eventually pled guilty to one count. And now Wicked Game comes out right in the middle of a campaign. It is the first insider account of the 2016 campaign. There have been a lot of books written about President Trump, a lot, but no one who was inside the campaign, and I'm astonished by this campaign and the detail. Has the president read it yet? Because he's going to love this book.
1: Uh, I don't know if he has, Hugh. I hope he does very soon, though, because I think there's some stuff that might help him in the 2020 election.
0: Uh, I want to start with the big reveal for me um, that on television, you were outspent by a lot, but your investment on online proved to be decisive and nobody saw it. Can you walk through that? Because I believe you said that uh, you, you only spent forty seven million dollars uh, on online, but you got ten times the value online.
1: Absolutely. It was a is a dramatic shift in how uh, campaigns approach elections. And in this case, we had a a data and digital director that was uh, not a uh, a political insider. Uh, In fact, he was from San Antonio, had an Internet company, and we uh, acquired him on the campaign from the Trump organization. And he had a completely different view of how to look at digital and social media that no political campaign had ever looked for. So the idea that we could target individual people in cities, uh, in, in local precincts, and actually send them material that pertain to issues, a way to get to them. So we could produce up to 150,000 digital ads a day, send out across the country, and it cost a fraction of what a traditional TV ad would cost. Is that
0: going on right now, Rick Gates? In Wicked Game, you suggested that a lot of people were unaware of the digital game that Team Trump put together uh, is there a similar unawareness in the media now? Because we see a few TV ads for Biden and for Trump, but is the same level intensity of online campaigning underway and we just don't see it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and this time the Democrats are much more aware of it. Um, that was one of the big takeaways from the 2016 election is that Hillary Clinton had about 200 people just on her digital team. Uh, we had a grand total of about 20 uh, and from the results of the election, it was very clear that one of the uh, significant ways that Donald Trump was able to effectively communicate his message was through the digital medium. And 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 the Democrats are very aware of it. And uh, from what I've been able to see, they've been out there punching away on digital operations just as aggressively as the Trump campaign has as well.
0: The other thing I think uh, anyone who loves campaigns is going to love wicked game because you for people like me who don't really know polling, all I can do is read the results. You, Rick Gates, take us in Wicked Game inside Tony Fabizio's hiring and his his input into the campaign, especially the importance of a candidate's negative rating. And at one point, first, I'd like you to tell people how Tony Fabizio got hired because I think that's a very funny story. And then uh, what it means to have a negative 85, uh, which was Hillary's negative rating. And what do you think Joe Biden's is? That's a two-part question, so I'll give you the floor to uh, expand on what's in Wicked Absolutely. Game.
1: Absolutely. So I think, you know, from from Tony Faridio's perspective, we had worked with him in the past on uh, uh, polling uh, in the U.S. and in other countries. Uh, He had a very interesting story when uh, Paul Manafort, the campaign chairman at the time, wanted to bring Tony into the fold. Uh, He approached president, uh, then candidate Trump, and had said, I want to bring in a pollster now. The president doesn't really believe and a lot of the polling data. I, it was always suspect of it, but there was an interesting twist with, with Tony that I wasn't even aware of at the time. And that's the, when Donald Trump was running for governor in New York, he had reached out to Tony Fabrizio to see if Tony would consider to do the polling and Tony had never called him back. So when Paul approached uh, Donald Trump with the idea of bringing Tony in, uh, the, 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 the president went kind of uh, was very upset, very angry, and we couldn't really understand why because we didn't know there was any backstory. We learned the backstory, and we learned then and then that Donald Trump uh, hadn't forgotten that uh, Tony Farizio never called him back. Nonetheless, uh, President Trump allowed us to bring Tony on, and he was very good at being able to associate the the negatives, the favorable, unfavorable ratings of the candidates. And in one instance, we were looking at the unfavorables for Hillary compared to Trump, and it was just staggering to see that her untrustworthy rating— was so high because never in in kind of the history of presidential races would you ever have somebody that high of a untrustworthy negative rating and still be a uh, contender for the presidential uh, seat.
0: And she obviously got beat because of that and because of the president. One of the backstories, and there are too many to go through, and Wicked Game is almost a revelation to Paige, your discussion of the process by which Mike Pence was selected comes down to mike pence saying to the president well you're in my house uh a moment of pushback on president trump i've heard from another member of the cabinet that pushback on donald trump is sometimes the most effective way of impressing him tell us about the vice presidential selection process mike pence's pushback and whether or not you've seen other people do that successfully with donald trump
1: Yes, I think the with the vice presidential process, you know, for me, there was a, a moment of divine intervention uh, because uh, Mike uh, Pence had a long uphill battle to kind of get to uh, be selected as a nominee. There were a number of contenders that the president uh, had his friends that he liked. They were his his uh, compatriots, uh, similar to him in personality. And that's what he felt. He wanted in a vice president. And it took some time and a number of people to communicate to the president what it would mean to have a Mike Pence on the ticket. And it would uh, allow him, you know, to shore up support with certain uh, electoral uh, groups. It would allow him to look at a different set of electoral votes. Uh, And it gave him an opportunity to pick somebody that he normally wasn't close to. And really, the first time he met uh, Mike Pence was in July of 2016 uh, at Bedminster. And it was a very interesting meeting because uh, uh, about a month uh, earlier, Mike Pence had actually endorsed Ted Cruz uh, in the Indiana primary. And, and it was a very, you know, big obstacle for President Trump to be clear because here is a guy that's supporting, you know, kind of his opponent. Uh, and Donald Trump beat that opponent. So it was a, it was a great insight into how, you know, minds can change. Uh, the, the, the children had a great influence on the president in terms of selecting Mike Pence. Uh, And the whole backdrop of that story, I think, is fascinating why I wanted to capture it in the book for people to understand that this stuff just didn't, you know, it wasn't planned out, you know, months or years in advance. I mean, some of this uh, activity, especially with the VP nomination process. Happened on the fly, and it was just a fascinating backdrop to watch. I
0: I love the fact that you, as the deputy campaign manager, have to do the planes and the rallies and all that, and you usually had a forty-eight hour lead time to do anything, which is just a—it gives me a headache to think about. I would be so frazzled. But Rick Gates, you just mentioned divine intervention. You are a man of faith. You're Christian. Uh, Has that faith been tested by the special counsel agony that you went through? It's resolved. It's behind you now. You're back in D.C. counseling people, being participatory. What about your faith in Christ? Is that the same?
1: Uh, Absolutely. It's actually he stronger. I mean, it was my faith and my family and my very close friends that were were able to get me through uh, the ordeal of the special counsel investigation. And, you know, there's there's one aspect of it that I I really drew upon. and, And throughout that process, I became very angry, you know, uh, very angry at what was happening, very angry at the people. And, you know, there was a point where you just realize that the anger is extremely destructive and the anger will destroy and consume you. And I just had to step back. And and, in honesty, I just started praying for everybody at that moment. Uh, And and my faith was absolutely the anchor that was able to get me. You,
0: You know, Rick, what would make me angriest? Uh, and you, I, I can tell you this: having had lunch with you twice, I still didn't know this until I read it in Wicked Game. I thought you were responsible until I read Wicked Game. Even after having lunch with you twice, I thought you were responsible for Melania's speech. That—that's what I thought I, until this. Until I read the book, even after I'd met you twice, you didn't come out and tell me it wasn't my fault because uh, I consume media so much. The impression is, oh, Rick Gates—he's the guy that screwed up Melania's speech, and I, that whole. Part of Wicked Game is a revelation that I can understand why you're angry because the media pinned that on you and it wasn't you. It's this nice, you know, somewhat a lady my age, I gather, who's quiet in the background, who flubbed the speech. But you got pinned with that and you write you're not angry about it in
1: Wicked Game. It's a sort of matter of fact. Yeah. And one of the things about that, Hugh, and that's what I could, you know, if if I could ask, you know, the American people to do anything, it's make sure you have the truth, the facts and the evidence before you draw any sort of conclusion. And just as the, the example of Melania's speech, it was easy to pin that on one individual very quickly when it happened. But obviously, over time, more information came out. And once people got the information, we had already moved on from a different, you know, to a different narrative. So a lot of that historical evidence, in fact, really didn't get reviewed or, or, or repeated in a way that changed the narrative. And that's the, you know, the unfortunate thing about politics, especially, is that we're so quick to print a, a story or a narrative without gathering the facts and the truth. And it, it does ultimately it hurts individuals and it hurts families. And I think, you know, it's 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 a it's a uh, an indication of a society. We just need to step back and make sure we have the facts before we go out and make accusations or start printing rumors. Now, Rick Gates, there's a lot
0: of Ukraine in your book. Ukraine is on the front page of New York Post today. Have you read that
1: story yet? I just saw the headline. Uh, and, and as you can imagine, like most Americans, I'm absolutely shocked. Oh, uh, it, 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 it's just it, I can't pronounce any of
0: the names. Many of the Ukrainian names are in here. This is a very candid book. I want to emphasize A Wicked Game is a very candid book. My my last question for this week, we'll come back to this next week. Do you think the people on the special counsel's team were motivated by hatred of Donald Trump or by love of the law?
1: So I would say, Hugh, that it was it was a uh, combination of the two, but it was more political motivation and the idea that they could not grasp the fact that Donald Trump had won. Remember up to this point, there was, there was really no indication that Donald Trump was gonna beat Hillary Clinton. So there was this belief that they could kind of do and, 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 and take action and, and that it would never be discovered. And as we now know, there's a lot of truth coming out that wasn't reported three years ago. But by okay. far, this is the, the president's been most attacked of any president in the, in the history of our country. And and absolutely, it was done under the guise of political motivation, and they weaponized the law against many of us to get to the president.
0: We'll do more of that next week when I finish the book. I want to get one quick one more in. Uh, You talk about the rallies a lot in 2016. The president recovered from COVID has hit the ground. He did three rallies yesterday. Do you have deja vu? Do you think he's doing the same thing? Is he going to be able to come back from what is a widely believed to be deficit by using the rallies again?
1: I absolutely agree. They're, 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 don't look at the polls. It is still too early to tell. Just in fact, you know, looking at some of the data yesterday, uh, President Trump is in a better position today than he was at the same exact period in 2016. And so I think anybody that counts him out and you've seen the rallies, you you, know, you see how people react he is able to, to communicate with the people, resonate with the people. His messages gets out. And by the way, one effective thing about the rallies, I just want to point out, he's not just there with the people. This is being broadcast to millions of people via, via TV. So they are also seeing the rallies. So they're very effective tools for him to get out his message and to, for people to see how much energy and excitement he has and about his uh, issues and policies.
0: Wicked Game is really an amazing read for anyone who loves politics. We'll do part two next week. Rick Gates, thank you for joining me. Rick Gates' brand new book, Wicked Game, is available at Amazon.com at bookstores everywhere. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for Townhall.com. If President Trump makes a comeback and pulls off yet another upset victory on November the 3rd, it will be because he relied on the disgust of the American people with elites. Trump will again run on a platform of America first on rebuilding the economy he built once before until it was shuttered by the novel coronavirus. He'll point to his clear-eyed view of today's aggressive and assertive Chinese Communist Party and to the strengthening of our military buildup, a growing Navy, the Space Force, and the revitalized nuclear deterrent. Trump will also run on his massive deregulation and the appointment of justices and judges who are faithful to the Constitution. And often hysterical media endlessly chants the same anti-Trump refrains. But voters have to ask themselves, which man do they want squaring off against Xi Jinping, rebuilding the economy, appointing judges, and funding the military? Trump can embrace this disdain of elites that is widespread, and yes, he can win again. I'm Hugh Hewitt.
1: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu